welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Y'all awake? Awesome. Well, hey, my name is Spencer, and I'm the student pastor here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, uh, I'd love that opportunity just right after service. But uh, today I get the opportunity to continue in our series, Tis the Season. I'm excited, and uh, Pastor Aaron did a great job last week kicking off the series. And if you weren't here, uh, you missed a great message. I encourage you to go and uh, check it out. You can listen to it online. Uh, but it was incredible just talking about how this is uh, the season for joy. Right, And so many of us, we get caught up in this season. You, we can all admit and raise our hands that, you know, if, if, if anything is true, Christmas time is busy. It's crazy. It's chaotic. And we sometimes lose the meaning of Christmas. We lose the idea of what it's all about. And so uh, we believe that in this season, God has placed us in a place and placed people around us for us to be able to make an impact in to make a difference in their lives. And so uh, last week, Pastor Aaron encouraged and challenged all of you guys to, to write down some names. And I'm going to do the same thing. If you're taking notes this morning, uh, if you would grab the sermon card in the seat back in front of you, or if you're taking notes on uh, your phone or your tablet, whatever, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. And we're going to write down a name or a couple names of some people in your life that you know are in need. Whether that's in need of a, a financial thing like what we just prayed about, uh, maybe decisions or, or bills that are piling up that God could just come in and do something. Or maybe if it's uh, somebody that's alone. I mean, this holiday season is always a little bit more difficult when you're alone. And maybe it's not physically alone. Uh, maybe it's emotionally alone. Maybe there's people that you know, maybe people you work with or people in your family that you know, you would say, you know what? That person is in need. I want you to write them down. And as we go through the sermon today, and as we go through what God is speaking through us, I want us to remember those people and go, hey, how can we make a difference in their lives? Because this morning, we're going to be talking about how this is the season for sharing. All right? And so um, as I was thinking about this whole idea of sharing, I remembered how much I love sharing. And I will, uh, I will admit that, uh, that I'm a sharer. And the way I learned to share uh, was around the dinner table. Now, this is maybe strange for some of you, but uh, every year for, uh, in our family, we go and we celebrate birthdays by going out to dinner, right? So whoever's birthday is coming up, they get to pick, and it just so happens that mine is on December 29th. I know you all had that in your calendar. You had planned to, like, surprise party me and all that. Don't worry. I know it's coming. Um, but mine's coming up, and so that means I get the opportunity uh, to choose where we go eat. And I will say one thing, and I'm the student pastor. Every week that I speak to the students, they always make fun of me. I always talk about food because, I, man, I know it's from God, and it's so good, right? Um, but this year, I think I've already decided I want some P.F. Chang's. I don't know if anybody likes P.F. Chang's in here, but it is, mm, 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 mm. If, that was, if they had a slogan, that's what it would be. But, but this is where I learned to share because whenever I go, and uh, I don't know if you're like me, when I eat something good, when I try something, I want everybody to know what it's like. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, and maybe it's not only in food, but I eat it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this chicken, you've all got to try it. And I'm, I'm not a germaphobe, so you can use my fork, you can drink out of my cup, my straw, I don't care. Um, but man, I want you to have that same experience that I had. And one of the best parts about that is then right after that, I expect you to give me some of whatever you got, right? And that's why sharing is so great, because like, here, have some of this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that, right? Like you were going to offer. I just kind of stuck my fork in there, but... Um, that's where I feel like I learned how to share, but, uh, but many of us, we have that same mentality when it comes to sharing in general. We have this idea of we share to get, 
you know? And there's different things that we could do that to. And I thought just a couple things, like um, maybe there's times where you share some money with somebody. Hey, let me get your meal. You're like, man, that's so awesome. Like, I owe you one. You're like, yeah, you do. Remember that next time we go out to, you know, some Texas Day Brazil or something. Um, or, or maybe you want to, to share to get some acknowledgement. Right? Have you ever had that moment where you did something really good? Maybe you, you gave some money to a, to a homeless person or you helped somebody and everybody's like, wow, you are such a good person. You're like, no, quit it, quit it. You know, don't, don't say that. You're like inside, you're going, yeah, I really like that. And sometimes we have this mentality of we share to get. And this is, this is completely opposite of what this season is all about. It's completely opposite about the love of God and what he told us and how we're called to share. And so this morning, we're going to look at, at that right there. And, uh, and we're going to look at where this, this, true, um, this true idea of sharing really comes from. And, and I'll, I'll say this is the first thing, and if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down, is sharing comes from the heart. And this is one thing that we realize from, from a very young age. We see this in toddlers and kids that, that sharing doesn't come naturally all the time, right? Sharing doesn't come naturally because you've got kids and, and they're going uh, one of their favorite words, every kid, you know, they start learning words. And what's that one word that they all learn that they continue to say all the time? Mine, right? Uh, that's mine. This is mine. And that's mine. And, oh, it's yours? No, it's mine. And it doesn't matter what it is. They don't want to share it with anybody. They're going, it's mine. It's mine. Like, I don't want to give that to somebody. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a, my, my present. I get to hang out with my nieces all the time, and they love that word. That's my passy, and that's my toy, and you can't touch it. And, uh, and even from a young age... We, we have this problem, and if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that we're flawed, right? That we are all born into a nature where we want what we want when we want it. We're selfish, right? And, and so as we look this morning, we're going to realize that that's not the true heart of God. And if we want to call ourselves believers of Christ and Christ followers, then we've got to continue to transform our hearts to look like his. And that's where this idea of sharing truly comes from, is from the heart. And so um, I thought about a couple different things when I was, when I was looking into this, and, and one of the things I thought about was this idea of love. Now, if you've, uh, if you've gone to church for a little while, you've heard, um, you've heard the stories or, or maybe the, the idea of how God has given us free will to love, right? Free will to make choices. And I thought about that same idea of I don't want people to have to feel like they love me. I don't want people to, to feel compelled just because somebody, like, talked it up or they, they feel obligated. And it's the same thing with sharing. We don't want somebody to, to have to do that. We want them to give out of the kindness of their heart. We, we want that because we know that's real, that's authentic. That's when it, it means so much more. Uh, and it reminded me of a story that I heard uh, from my friend the other day, that a uh, diehard football fan. Any football fans in here? Yes, a couple of you guys. And, and my, my friend, that they've got their team. Everybody's got their team, right? Like my team is going to be playing Pastor Aaron's team today at 3.30. You guys will all be out in plenty of time to see the Packers get upset by the Cowboys. It's going to be great. Um, amen, right? Come on, we'll take a moment of prayer real quick because um, it may need that. But, but uh, my friend, diehard football fan, and, um, <clears throat> and one of her friends, uh, she comes across this shirt, authentic, like vintage-looking, awesome shirt from her team. And she sees it, and she's going, oh, my gosh, that is the coolest thing. And the crazy thing is she got it from a thrift store, thrift store. So you can imagine she paid next to nothing for this shirt, right? And, and uh, my friend, she sees it. She's like, man, that's awesome. And, uh, and this girl, uh, for all we know, she's not a very uh, big football fan. Like, you ask her what team she's going for, and she's like, which team has the prettiest co uh, costumes, outfits, uniform, whatever, you know? And so, um, 
my, my friend comments on that, and, and her husband, as any good husband does, takes note and goes, hey, let me try to get that for her. Like, hey, can I pay you for that? And, and eventually, her friend gives them the shirt, but, but that's, that was nice, but it didn't end right there because what happened is every time that friend saw them, like, man, I, I really miss that shirt. That's a really, you know, like, I kind of wish I wouldn't have given you that. Is that generosity? Is that sharing? No, that's, that's out of a wrong heart. That's going, yeah, here, I guess I'll give you this. If you, like, pry it from my hands. If you ever tried to hand somebody something, they're like, yeah, here, have it. And they're pulling in. And that's not the heart that we're talking about when we're talking about the heart of God. Because what if Jesus would have been like that? What if Jesus would have come down to earth to die for us, and as soon as we made our first mistake, he goes, man, I really wish I wouldn't have died for you. You know? That wouldn't be very nice. That wouldn't be somebody that's kind and, and, and of a, a loving heart. And luckily, that's not who Jesus is, and that's not what he said. He says, you know what, I will do anything for you at any time, and I will forgive you, and I love you, and no matter what you do, man, I will give you whatever you need. And that's the kind of heart that we want to pursue as Christ followers, especially in this season, whenever it's so easy to, to do kind of the mundane things where you hear the Salvation Army bell ring, and you're like, yeah, here, let me, let me just give some money, or maybe you bring one of those unwrapped toys to one of those uh, toys for tots, all of which are great things, Right? But God's called us to do something that's meaningful and impactful also. And he said, this is what you need to do. You need to begin to open up your eyes. It starts with your heart. With your heart. You've got to have the right heart. But as soon as you do that, he's going to help you see people who are in need. And that in this season, in this time, uh, the Christmas season, that we would realize that it's not just about, you know, those, those same things over and over, the same motions, the hustle and the bustle and the busyness. We'd realize that this is celebrating one of the greatest events in all of history. God sending his son for us. And because of that, we want to live in a way that reflects the sacrifice and the sharing that he did for us. And so, um, so as we look at that, I, I just remembered Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. And uh, I'm going to go through a couple different scriptures this morning. And I challenge you, write them down because we're not going to spend a lot of time on all of them. Uh, but this week, you can go through and look at it and go, man, that, that was a good passage. How can that affect me in my heart? How can that affect me in my life? So uh, in Philippians chapter 2, Verse 3, it says, do nothing from selfish, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, count or value others more significant than yourself. Count and value others more significant than yourself. This is the exact opposite of what we talked about with that toddler problem when we go, mine, mine, mine. This goes, yours. What else can I give you? Let me, let me share whatever I have. What do you need? Okay, yeah, I, I've got somebody that has that or I can find that. And this is the heart of God. This is what God has called us to, to, to not do anything out of selfishness, out of that vain conceit about me, me, me. What can I get? How many things can I have? How will people look at me if I get all of this? But to go, man, I know you need something. I can see it in your life. I can see it in, in your family. I can see it in everything that you need. How can I help give to that? And when we turn our hearts to the needs of others, it changes our hearts. I don't know if you guys have ever helped somebody, but to see the joy, like Pastor Aaron talked about last week, to see the joy on somebody's face when you are able to give them something that's, that makes a difference, that, that's a game changer. It changes who you are. It changes what you want to do. Um, and, and, and it completely changes who you are. And so maybe, maybe part of this when we're talking about how, how sharing comes from the heart, it means maybe we need to look at our own hearts and go, God, can you search me? God, look into my heart. Is there areas where I'm worried about myself? Are there things where I just think me, 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 mine, mine, mine? God, will you search those areas and will you, will you take those away? Help me to look more like you. Maybe some of you, that's, that's your step this morning. You need to do that and God's going to begin to open up your eyes to see the needs of the people around you. 
And that's where we want to get to. We want to have hearts that help us to see the needs of people around us because uh, one of the hardest things about sharing is, is this idea of being intentional. Sharing is intentional. You can write that down. This is important this morning that sharing is intentional. And we're going to look at um, one of, uh, I think, one of the, the best stories that could uh, relate to this season of our life right now and uh, to this idea of sharing and the intentionality of it um, because sharing doesn't happen on accident, does it? Majority of the time, 99.999% of the time, it's not going to be like, oh, man, I accidentally gave you $100. That's not going to happen in my house all the time, right? Um, it's something that we have to be intentional with. And so we're going to look at uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 2. And uh, Matthew is one of the four Gospels. And it's, it's one of the, the four books of the Bible that's telling the story of Jesus. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible this morning, there's one in the seat back in front of you or underneath the chair, and that's your Bible. If you don't own a Bible, write your name in that, take it home, read it. We believe in the power of the Word of God, and that is uh, critical to us growing in Christ. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter number 2. It's on page 522 in that Bible. So if you want to follow along with me, I'm going to start in verse 1. And once again, this is uh, telling of the story of Jesus, and we're going to start at the very beginning here in Matthew 2. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him and assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. And he inquired them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, it's in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, and O you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them where this child was to be found, and that they would bring, uh, sorry, we're in verse 7 right here, that Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Verse 9, After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. I know it's a big chunk of scripture we just read there, but let me, let me break it down because there's a couple things in there that today I may accidentally jack up your Christmas just a little bit. I may jack up what millions and millions of people every single year put around their Christmas table. You see churches do it outside because I'm going to jack up your nativity scene a little bit. Because what we do when we put up a nativity scene, what do we end up doing? We, we put... Mary and Joseph, right, mom and dad, we put nine pound, eight ounce baby Jesus right there in the little thing. Um, then we see some animals, we see the shepherds, and then in almost everybody's nativity scene, we see wise men with gifts, right? The gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. But if I were to jump back in that same exact verse that we just read, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, then these guys are coming to Herod, right? Um, and if you look down, I think it's at verse 8. Or 9 or 11 even. I don't even know. It says that, that the, the uh, wise men, they came into the house where Mary was with her child Jesus. And so, so many of us, and this doesn't necessarily have to do with sharing, but it's good for theological that you guys know what you believe. These wise men, they traveled hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles to come see Jesus. 
And what happened on the night he was born, a star rose, and they went to follow it. And it says a year and a half later, roughly, a year and a half later, they show up to bring these gifts to Jesus. So he was not, they weren't technically in the scene, but hey, we, we'll go with it for now, right? Um, so if you know the story, Herod, he, he asked those guys, hey, when did you see that star? They said, you know, about a year, year and a half ago. And so what he does is he decrees all baby boys, two years and, old and younger, because that's somewhere around the time Jesus was born, have to be killed. And that's where we see uh, that little timeline get a little messed up. But, but in this whole story, we see these wise men travel this huge distance. And once again, they didn't have like the cool like Mercedes transit minivans and all that kind of stuff with the TVs. They didn't have the charter buses. We're talking about they took time. They took money. Think about the expenses it, it took and, and how they had to feed all the camels and the people that have to come with them on the, in the, co- the convoy and all these different things that would go into it. Imagine just for a second, if you will, even though it may give you nightmares, a year and a half long family vacation. Right? That's, that's kind of what's going on. They're, they're traveling this huge distance, and you can imagine that it wasn't necessarily about the gifts for God. God was saying, you know what, this is going to be great. You're going to bring something uh, of great value to baby Jesus. But I believe that through this, it wasn't just the gift, but it was the process. That through this, each and every one of us, as we realize that God has called us to share, that sometimes there's going to be a process that we go through in our own hearts. Now, like I said, that family vacation for a year and a half long, we would learn a lot of things about ourselves and about other people around us. And I'm sure there were times when they were, they were going through some stuff where they had to learn some patience, right? They had to learn uh, how to be kind to people when they really didn't want to be kind. All these different things that through this process of going, okay, God, I heard what you said to go give this gift to baby Jesus. I've got to figure out a way to get there. I've got to figure out, I've got to learn, I've got to, I've got to go through whatever it takes to get there. I've got to be obedient to that. And that's where that intentionality came into, into play. That when we share, we have to be intentional. Because sometimes God's going to put something on your heart for somebody else, but you don't know how you're going to do it. I know people that, that God has spoken, hey, you're, you're going to give your car to somebody. And they're going, we only have two cars. What? We can't do one car because we've got kids and we've got jobs and they're in different places. And God, what are you saying? You want us to give something like that? Maybe God's spoken to people before, and, and I, I know of people that have said, you know what, God called us to, to give a, a family all their Christmas presents for this year. We're going we're gonna to provide every single one because they don't have the money to do it. And they're going, God, I don't know if you gave me a raise that I didn't know about or my boss didn't know about, you know. And we start going through this, but, but this idea of sharing being intentional means that we've got to realize, one, that we're not in control, that God's in control, that if he's got a plan, he's going to help us get to it no matter what it takes, but also that we've got to push through it. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it means it's going to be a long trip like we see these wise men take. I'm assuming the weather changed throughout that year and a half. I'm assuming um, they were hungry and they had to take rest stops and plan out the entire thing. But they said, you know what? God, you've called us to do it, and so we're going to do whatever it takes. For you this season, maybe God puts on, on your heart to, uh, to adopt a family, and you're going to go, hey, whatever it takes, we're going to bring them in on Christmas morning. We're going to make sure we have enough food for them. Whatever God's calling and putting on your heart, that means you've got to go through that process. What does it look like to go to the grocery store and buy a meal for somebody? You've got to do it. It's not just going to happen just because you, you want it to or just because God called you to it. You've got to take on that responsibility and do what he's called you to do. And the second thing that we see there with the wise men is we see the gifts that they bring. And, uh, and we won't spend a lot of time on this. You can go research it, but it's really cool what they bring. Um, the first thing we always know is gold, right? Which we would say if we looked at that list, we'd go, man, that's the most valuable thing out there. 
and in their time, it actually wasn't the most valuable. They have all these other things, and, and each one of these throughout the Bible, they symbolize something different. Gold, for instance, symbolizes kingship. The wise men knew that from God and from the Bible that they were coming to worship a king, that they were coming to give a king a gift, and the only thing that was worthy of a king was gold. The, the most valuable thing they could find in, in monetary value was gold. And so they said, no matter what it takes, I've got to be intentional. I've got to make sure I, I save a little bit because God's called me to go give that to them. The next thing was, was frankincense, and this was like a, a weird glittery, gummy substance, um, but lots of times it was used for medic medicinal reasons. And they, they thought, you know what, if, if this is a baby and a newborn, and I bet there's going to be some sicknesses that come along. But, but more than that, it was actually of, of great, great value in their time. And the last one, um, oh, sorry, the frankincense, it, it symbolizes the divinity of God. That he's not just a man, that he's not just someone born of a human, but he was born of God, God's son. Uh, and the last thing was myrrh. And this is, uh, this is symbolic, actually, of, and foreshadowing of Jesus' death. Because what this was used for many times back in those days was embalming fluid. It was something with a great aroma. It was a spice and something that, that was very valuable. But, but all three of these things, they lined up to go, you know what? This is the king. He is a god. And he's come to die for us. And they brought these gifts that, that even though they were symbolic, they were also meaningful. Something that a, a newborn uh, would need and that his parents would need was the money and was this medicine. All, all the things, that, the smells that come with babies, right, for that. Um, but, but these things were all intentional in what they brought. That God had spoken to them. And, it, and it, was, it was partially the gift, it was partially the process, but it was also the heart behind all of it. Because when God calls you to something, you need to do something. I believe that. When God calls you to it, you've got to do it. You, you are the one that's going to be responsible. When you see God up in heaven someday and you're at the gates and he's going, hey, look, this is what I put before you. What did you do with it? That you would be able to say, look, I was obedient to you. I, I did whatever you called me to. I was able to go even beyond and I was able to, to be generous in every area of my life. But when God calls you to it, I feel like we've got to do it. And, and this is where we begin to count the cost in our own life. Because lots of times it's going to cost things, right? I've heard a, a statement before that if it doesn't cost you anything, then it isn't worth anything. What kind of sacrifice is something if it doesn't mean anything to you? Oh, wait, hey, I found an extra pair of socks that I don't use anymore. There are a couple holes, but they're pretty good. Here, you can have these. I don't wear them. I don't want that. I want something of value. I want something that means something. We've talked about this in, uh, with your students all the time. We talk about uh, sometimes we have to count the cost of what it means to share who Jesus is because sometimes you're counting the cost of your reputation. Some people don't like it, but it doesn't change the call on your life that you're called to share Jesus Christ. And when we begin to see these needs, when we begin to be intentional, when our hearts begin to get right, we begin to see that sharing makes a difference in people's lives. Sharing can make a difference. It will make a difference. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever been to one of those like white elephant Christmas parties or, or anything like that. Anybody ever been to one of those? Um, we did one with, with our youth a couple weeks ago, and, and there was somebody that got something, and let me, it was just sad. Like, it was so bad. It was the whitest elephant Christmas present you could ever imagine. It. And every time, you know, you do the, like the steal thing, and you want to have the, something that somebody wants to steal, and you want to get somebody else's. This kid, every time somebody goes up to open a present, he's like, hey, you want this? I, like, you could use it in the, the trash can for something, and it could be thrown. Like, it was of no value at all. And, and we've been to those. I, we do that with one of our, uh, like, my, my mom's side of the family. Every year we do, uh, everybody bring a guy gift, and we'll all do the little thing, and there's always that one gift in there. 
Everybody sees me like, I really don't want to get that gift, right? Because why? Because it's of no value. Because it doesn't do anything for me. It can't help me. It can't change me. It can't do anything for me. It can't impact my life. But if you think about times when people have given you or shared with you gifts that have actually meant something. Times maybe when you were in need. You said, man, that was, that was exactly what I needed right now. And what does it do? It, it changes their situation. Maybe it brings joy into their life for the first time in, in many weeks or months or even years. Maybe it helps them realize that, that, you know, somebody loves them. They haven't felt love in so long. And because of what you've done, because of what you've shared with them, you're making a difference in their life. Once again, it's, it's great for them, but, man, that makes us feel good, too, knowing that, that we were listening to God and going, okay, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it for them. You called me to it. I'm, I'm going to do it no matter what. No matter what the cost, I'm going to be obedient and share what you've called me to share. In Hebrews 13, verse 16, it says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. God's called us to do it. It's what pleases Him. As a parent, if you're a parent in this room, you know what happens whenever your kids do something good. What happens? Man, you smile. You're so happy for them. And God's going, I've called you to share. Use this season. Take, this, take advantage of what's happening right now and, and what you have the opportunity to do to do this. Please, God, share what you can. And lots of times, what does it mean? It means we just open up our eyes. Look around. See the needs of people around you. No matter how hard they try to hide, it's usually pretty evident. People are in need around you. So as we talk about sharing, as we talk about what we can do, there's, there's a couple different things. And, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. The first thing that we can do is we can share materialistic things. Now some of us would say, no, that's, God's not calling me to do that. That's, that sounds silly. No, there are needs in people's lives. They, they need bills paid. They need food on their table for their family. They need a present under their tree for their kid. There are real physical things that God may call and speak to you and say, hey, this is what somebody needs. And so maybe it's somebody on that list that you wrote down earlier. Maybe God's going to put somebody else in your head, but, but maybe there's somebody that needs that. The real life problems are things that, that stress people out, that, that ruin this season for some people. And God is allowing us the opportunity to do something about it. Second thing, share your time. Share your time. I don't know what this means specifically for you, but it may mean spending some time uh, with somebody that, that doesn't necessarily benefit you. Once again, if we, if we remember that the very first thing we talked about is our heart being right, lots of times we don't want to do anything if it doesn't benefit us, because why? We're selfish. Because our hearts aren't right. But when we begin to get a heart like God, He goes, I care about everybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care what it means for me. I don't care if I'm going to get something out of it. I know I'm going to help somebody through it. So maybe it means spending some time with people that that aren't necessarily going to benefit you, but they need you in their life. There are people around you. There's coworkers. There's friends. There's family. There's neighbors that need you, and you just spend time with them. Maybe there's somebody uh, that you know that doesn't have family, and you, guess what? God's calling you to adopt them this Christmas. Hey, you want to come over on Christmas Day? You're going to buy them a gift. You're going to let them sit around and, and enjoy the happiness and the joy that comes from that experience of sharing your time with them. You just got to take time for people. People matter. Last thing, sharing Jesus. We are all 
called to share Jesus. We've got to know that that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. Individually, each and every one of us. You can point to yourself. You can write your name now. You can say it out loud. He died for Spencer so that he could live forever with him. And why would we ever think that it was just for us? Because we talked about if we're going to have a heart like God's, we know that it's a heart not of selfishness, not about one person, but about all of us. And he's called and he, he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And before we go any further this morning, I actually want to give the opportunity, if there's somebody in this room that this morning you don't know who Jesus is, he's not the Lord and the Savior of your life, you haven't been living in a way that you would say, you know what, this, this is not my heart. I'm, I'm living in a, in a worldly heart and I've got things where all I do is worry about me and mine. And this morning you say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. If everyone just bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. If you're in this room and you'd say, Spencer, I, I don't know Jesus. But today I want to know him. I want to ask him to come and be a part of my heart, to help me see things differently, to help, help me filter out the impurities of my heart to be more like him. And I want to accept him to come in and be able to remove my sin and help me to live for him. If that's you this morning, I just want you, wherever you are, to stand up, and I want you to come to the front, and I want to pray with you this morning. Give one more second if there's anybody in here that God is tugging at your heart and I want to know you. I want you to know me. All right, if there's nobody in here, you guys can look up and, and here's my challenge for you is that, like I said, we're all called to share Jesus. Matthew 28, 19 uh, if you know me, you know I've said it, I believe it, I stand beside it. Go and make disciples of all nations. That means go and share Jesus with everybody you come in contact with. And I'll tell you, that's, that's what this church is about. If you've been at NCC for any amount of time, or maybe it's your first week, you will know today that NCC is about making people and places new. And someday our staff believes that it's not just up here on a Sunday morning that people are going to get saved, but we're going to hear about more people being saved at your schools, at your homes, at your businesses, on a park bench. I don't even care that, that we are so exuberating who Christ is through our lives that people are saved because of who you are, because of where he's placed you. God has put you in a place to make a difference. He's waiting for you. He's called you by name. He's paid the price for you so that you don't have to be uh, living in a life of shame. You don't have to live a life of, of anything else but knowing that God has died for me and that I can live for him. And maybe some of you don't know where that starts. Let me, let me say this. I'm a little biased, but I, I know and I believe that it begins with our kids. It begins with our students, our youth. And if you don't know what you can do, you can start there. If you're a parent, a grandparent, a, a mother brother, sister, daughter, aunt, uncle, neighbor, friend, whoever you are, you are called to reach out to people. You can start with that, that generation right below you. If you're a parent, your kids, never waste a moment, never miss an opportunity to share Jesus with them. doesn't matter how long it's been. You've never waited too long. I promise you God is there waiting to grab a hold of your kids and say, man, I love you. I love you. But you have to know that what you've been through, your past, your story, what you've worked through, that your shoulders set the foundation for the next generation. What you do right now matters. Your coworkers need you. Your family needs you. And God's saying, the field, the harvest, it's plentiful. Go out and share who Jesus is. 
Because this is the season where it's so easy to get lost, so easy to get caught up, and I've got to go buy the gifts, and I've got to go make the meals. God's saying, take a second and look around. Share me with somebody. What I want to do this morning is I just want to pray over you guys. If you would bow your heads and uh, close your eyes, I'm just going to pray. God, we thank you this morning for the opportunity that we get to come to know who you are. Well, there's people in different countries that this is illegal to even gather together to sing the name of Jesus, to, to claim to be Christ followers, but God, not here, that we're allowed to live for you. And I pray right now that you would challenge each and every heart in this room, that you would challenge them to not only hear from you, but begin to act upon what they hear that we would be obedient to the words that you speak. And as you put people on our hearts, the names that we've written down on papers, whatever it is, God, that you would speak to us so clearly, we would know it's your voice, and we would do whatever it takes to get to a place where we're able to be obedient to you. God, start in our hearts. Change our hearts. Help us to, to look inside and realize that there's some areas that we may need to fix. And God, help us to see those needs. Help us to make the time to, to, to be intentional with the people to ask them what they need, to go in and do what it takes to get what they need. But God, help us more than anything to share who you are this season. That you've called us, you've created us, you've made us your own for a purpose. To share who you are, to share your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness. Help us to live that out and share who you are in this season. God, I pray that you would challenge these people in this room right now. Every person the sound of my voice would hear you this week and they would know what they are called to do. Lord, give us strength to do it. Give us obedience, even when it gets difficult. We love you and we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.